Everybody, good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Sunday morning, we're kind of heading into that dead period where you know teams have had these uh, voluntary workouts. Uh, Some players have skipped it, but you know we're starting to get some headlines dribbling out, people talking about football. Uh, But Wiz and I promised that we were going to do. each and every week, start talking about some things that were topical. And uh, today, uh, we're venturing into two different podcasts. And the, the first one really is going to be about players that we think have some upside as a result of everything that's happened in the offseason between free agency and the draft. Always good morning. And how are you? Yeah, doing doing well. And I think there's interesting uh, discussions to have which players uh, upgraded and downgraded based on what took place in the offseason um, with free agency and the NFL draft. And, you know, we'll start at a quarterback where I think um, one quarterback that I feel has moved into the top 10, certainly in the top 12 quarterback one discussion is Justin Fields, uh, a player who added uh, a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore, along with Mooney and Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. Um, is solid at the tight end position. And, and of course, along with his running game that he brings to the table, I feel Justin Fields is a player that, based on what's taken place with that offseason trade, has moved into the quarterback one discussion. Um, what's your view on Fields and what's your view on any other quarterbacks that you feel have really been upgraded based on offseason activities? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, having owned Justin Fields in a couple of leagues last year, uh, believe it or not, one in, in which I ended up winning a championship, I had him um, alongside Joe Burrow. He was the backup quarterback. And, you know, in that, in that kind of run in the middle of the season, and if you remember, the Bengals were kind of – kind of getting in their own way a little bit at one period of time. And, and Justin Fields just went on an incredible run. And, you know, he was directly responsible for uh, me winning a championship because I, at the time, I think I started the season off like one and four. And he just got red hot and I kind of rode that hand. Uh, I think it slowed down towards the end of the season. They had a lot of injuries, obviously no Donnell Mooney. Um, they never figured out a way to use Chase Claypool, despite the fact that giving away a number two pick for the player. Uh, you mentioned more a player that has shown incredible consistency over the course of his career, despite the fact having a lot of inconsistency at the quarterback position in Carolina. Um, boy, yeah, you have to like it. And look, they, they drafted offensive linemen. They, they signed offensive linemen in free agency. That was, a, that was an O-line that needed some help. Um, so, yeah, second, second year in this offense. Matt Everfliss, second year as, as a head coach in, in Chicago. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree in any way, shape, or form. Justin Fields has to be in that top 10, 12 conversation um, and, and quite excited to see what he can do in his second year. You always worry, I think, Wiz, about a player like Fields, and I, I think it came to hurt him towards the end of the season where injuries become a factor because you're taking those punishing hits. He's a bigger frame guy. Uh, than some of these smaller smaller quarterbacks like a Kyle Murray who who, who take those hits, but um, you have to be excited about his potential uh, on a week to week basis uh, in the NFL this year. Was 
No question about it. And uh, were there any other quarterbacks that you had in your list uh, that you feel have been upgraded headed to, as we head into the upcoming season? Yeah, I just think everything, you know, you know it's interesting because this is the player that probably next to Aaron Rodgers got and maybe even more than Aaron Rodgers had the second most attention. There was a lot of noise on Twitter. There was the fact that he was representing himself, but it wasn't sure if they was going to be signed or traded or what have you. But, you know, Lamar Jackson gets his situation settled. Uh, he gets Odell Beckham Jr., which I know he hasn't played in a long time, but very responsible uh, for getting the Rams to a championship game. Uh, oh, championship, excuse me. Uh, Zay Flowers has been drafted. Rashad Bateman is back. Mark Andrews is still there. You and I know we love J.K. Dobbins as a running back. And the change in offense coordinator away from a guy that's a little bit more run-centric in, in Greg Roman uh, to Todd Munkin, which will be, uh, I, I think, will be a beneficiary for, for Lamar Jackson. He may run a little bit less, but he's not going to stop running. Uh, and I think you're going to see this offense uh, much more exciting than we've seen in the past. And I, I would call Lamar Jackson uh, the player more than anybody else that benefited from everything that went on in the offseason was. Yeah, and those are the two quarterbacks that I had uh, that I felt have upgraded the most uh, in Jackson and Fields. Uh, I, I know Trevor Lawrence is getting Calvin Ridley, but I, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence was inside the top 12 at the position, you know, last year and um, coming into the start of the season. Um, how much of an upgrade you want to give him based on Ridley being there this year is uh, is is kind of, uh, you know, up to anyone's uh, personal point of view. But I think, you know, Lawrence was headed in that direction. So at the quarterback position, you know, it was mainly Fields and, and, and Jackson for me. Were there any other quarterbacks that you had in mind before we moved to running backs? Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson was kind of on that just because of the fact they bring in a player like Elijah Moore, who I think the Jets haven't used properly. I think the Browns will use properly. That's a that's a much deeper wide receiver room. Uh, David Njuko is talented. We know they have Nick Chubb. Great running game, I think, uh, the fact that Lamar Jackson, sorry, Deshaun Watson was kind of thrown into the mix last year after not playing football for as long as he did, I think that was complicated. So, I mean, that's a player that kind of had the fringe of this. But, you know, I do think that the quarterback position this year where I was apprehensive about it last year, uh, I have a completely different view on it. I think it's a very deep position. We'll get more detailed on that as time moves on. But, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, uh, you know, I, I really just – wanted to highlight Jackson, but I think Watson was very close for me. Was But uh, we can move on to running back. Uh, what are your thoughts at that position? I think there are a number of guys that both benefit and some guys that took a hit back, but this this podcast is about guys who benefit. So who are guys that you're looking at, Wiz? Yeah, the two guys um, that, that to me have really moved up the most prominently are um, Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, I feel, is now entrenched in that – uh, running back one spot somewhere you know around top 10 12 but he's inside that that top 12 uh without Damian Harris there anymore um and I know you hear that Ty Montgomery is going to get a lot of catches and he's going to be the third down guy but I'm not buying that I just feel Ramondre Stevenson is is a heck of a player without Harris there he's inside the top 10 at the position and I think Tony Powell I'll even go a step further I think Tony Powell is inside the top five at the position just a a, 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 a really terrific player who does it all and not having Elliot there <clears throat> to vulture touchdowns from him um, I think the sky's the limit for Tony Powell and I have Stevenson inside the top 10 
powered inside the top five, and uh, partly due to the ability of those players and partly due to the fact that um, Harris and Elliott are not going to be there to uh, take away usage from those two players. What do you think about those two guys? Uh, yeah, look, love them both. Um, and you and I talked about Pollard probably for a couple of years now, think, saying that he is the best player in the Cowboy offense outside of CeeDee Lamb. Um, and, and, and we definitely felt in that running game he was the guy, and uh, he's going to get that opportunity this year. Uh, I completely agree with your statements there. Uh, we'll probably see that player catch the ball a little bit more and, and just be used in a lot of different ways. And, and by the way, th- that's also a team, the Dallas Cowboys, that's making a change where Mike McCarthy's actually going to be calling plays. Uh, uh, Kellen Moore has moved on to the Chargers, so, so some differences there as well. But, yeah, I, I, think Pollard is, I think Pollard's a top five guy at the position, so I, I completely agree with that. Um, Stevenson's an interesting one. I agree. I had, I had him on my list as well. Uh, you and I both like the player. He averaged five yards a carry last year. He caught a hell of a lot of balls. I think this offense will be a lot more successful with Bill O'Brien. Uh, as a po- And I'm not a Bill O'Brien fan, but Matt Patricia had no business being around an offense last year uh, and really took back Mac Jones significantly last year. I think we'll see a different set of circumstances in New England uh, arguably, this division is the best in football when you look at it, and uh, this team's going to have to be successful offensively to, to stick with the other teams in this division, and that's the that's the Bills, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. So uh, I love both those plays. I don't, you know, I'm interested to see if James Robinson actually can make an impact at all because he's still a young player. Um, curiously, the Jets let him go. Uh, but, you know, he's not a guarantee even to make this roster, but Stevenson is, is to me, a shoe-in top 10 guy as well. I'd say the one other guy, Wiz, that I have just based on everything that's happened, I think it's a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. Uh, Leonard Fournette is no longer on the roster. This player caught 50 balls last year. I think, like I said, they're going to be behind. There'll be a lot of dump-off passing. I don't know who's going to be throwing those passes, whether it's Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but... Rashad White um, is, to me, a compelling guy, especially in PPR leagues, uh, where I think he can make a lot of noise this year. Um, I know the team is not going to be a good football team. They're undergoing uh, a shift in direction. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, like Seattle, maybe they proved me wrong uh, from last year. But I think, I think Rashad White has some upside in this offense, Was Are you at all uh, <clears throat> concerned about Chase Edmonds being there? Because the... – he does kind of some of the same things as Rashad White and uh, a little bit more of an experienced player. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, what's your level of concern having um, having Chase Edmonds, a guy who is also a terrific, uh, you know, receiver when it comes to uh, out of the backfield. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. Um, I guess maybe I'm slightly scarred by Chase Edmonds thinking that he would actually make an impact in Arizona that first year where he – when, when when they had moved on and, and that wasn't the case, and then he gets traded to Miami and is unable to do anything there, and then he gets traded to Denver. So, so, so I don't know. That's a lot of movement, and now he's on his basically his fourth team in, in, in a little bit less than a year and a half. Um, so he's going to have to show me and prove it first, uh, whereas I think White being the heir apparent at this point in time uh, to Leonard Fournette, and you and I both know in this offense. I know they've moved on from they've moved on from Byron Leftwich, right? Uh, so new offense coordinator coming in from the Seahawks. 
but yeah, Edmonds is going to have to prove it to me, Wiz, especially given everything that's happened with the player the last couple of years. And because I only have really one wide receiver on my list, I, there were two other running backs. I just wanted to mention them and to get your thoughts on that. I think we uh, have to mention Alexander Madison, who probably has had the you know the biggest upgrade based on what's taken place in these last few days with Dalvin Cook being cut by the Vikings. So Alexander Madison, a good player, um, and now just figures to get a tremendous amount of uh, usage. Um, and Isaiah Pacheco is a is a is a second year player um, who I drafted in, in several leagues last year. A player that I like from Rutgers, um, who Kansas City trusted in the playoffs. And I thought you know maybe them being on the outs with Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I know McKinnon is unsigned yet, but they're going to probably re-sign him. I, I thought there was a decent chance Kansas City could have drafted uh, a running back, and they didn't. Uh, so. Uh, Madison, based on what's taken place these last few days, and as I, Isaiah Pacheco as well, uh, kind of having a clear path to be the number one guy for that Kansas City offense, and that's an offense that you certainly want to be a part of. Or two other players that I wanted to mention. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I know Denaric Price is a player that's getting talked about a little bit in, in the off season. It, it looks like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who came in with such fanfare. Uh, is just an afterthought. I, I think you, you and I both know that McKinnon, because we we own them in one league. He, he made he made a material difference, uh, you know, you know, to a lot to a lot of people last year with with a, also a, 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 an amazing run from a fantasy perspective and from a production perspective because he had a ton of receiving touchdowns uh, and he was a big part of what the Chiefs were doing uh, down the stretch. Actually, uh, the one thing was I, I thought as the season went on with Pacheco, I thought they gained a little bit of confidence with him also catching the ball a little bit more. Uh, probably nobody runs harder than that player. I mean, that guy runs with purpose each and every time. Uh, you worry about that a little bit, but, uh, you know, seventh-round draft pick, uh, you know, really put his mark, uh, and the Chiefs trusted that player, as you said, uh, even in the, uh, on the grandest of all stages. Oh, there was no question about it. So, as I mentioned, I only had one wide receiver on my list, so why don't you talk about any wide receivers, if you have any on your list? Yeah, I, so... I think given that suspension of Jameson Williams was, um, and I know Josh Reynolds is still there. Uh, I know they're going to have a rookie tight end in Sam Laporta. Uh, I know they bring in Jamar Gibbs, but I think there's a potential for Amon Ron St. Brown, uh, if he can stay on the field for the full season, to lead the NFL in receiving uh, re- receptions this year. Uh, I just think this is a player, um, I don't know where people have him. Uh, maybe he should be in the top 10. Um, I think he should be in the top three. Uh, I think he could catch, uh, you know, just an incredible amount of balls this year. Uh, Jared Goff trusts the player. Uh, so, th- so that's one of the guys that they, they think has benefited from everything that's gone on in the offseason. Uh, I, I, think, I think Wilson uh, from the Jets is, is an obvious one uh, because you bring in Aaron Rodgers, and you saw what, he, what his production was last year uh, with Zach Wilson playing a majority of the time at quarterback. And... I you know, sprinkled in Joe Flacco and Mike White as well. And, um, yeah, I just think Wilson, as long as him and, him and Rodgers can uh, perfect, with their, perfect their chemistry in, 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 the, in, the, in the preseason, um, you know, he, here's a player that has the potential to move in, into the top ten. Uh, I do have one other guy, um, but I, I, it's going to be based on whether or not the Chiefs actually land DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, to me, Kadarius Toney has a lot of upside, especially everything that's happened in Kansas City. Uh, they're going to need 
a second banana to Travis Kelsey. And I think if Kadarius can help Tony can figure out a way to stay on the field, uh, he has all the potential to do that in Kansas City was. Yeah, I don't you know, I I have I have, you know, all of those guys on my list as well that I was gonna look at, but uh I feel I leave Garrett Wilson to you. Um an obvious one, uh, a wide receiver with Rodgers there that's probably, you know, moved right into that wide receiver one category. Um, so I, I completely understand that. I think with Kansas City, um, I like the upside of Tony as well, but I, I like Sky more too. I mean, I think, you know, this is what Kansas City does. I mean, they have their, um, they have their meat and potatoes with Mahomes and Kelsey, and then they have a bunch of side dishes. But certainly, if Kadarius Tony could stay on the field, he has uh, a tremendous amount of upside, um, terrific ability, and, and you have to like him having another year in that system. And, and, and the wide receiver that I wanted to talk about and just get some of your thoughts on him is it's Christian Watson. Um, I, I just feel like this is a real opportunity, Jordan Love and Christian Watson, to have that connection. He came in that game last year against the Eagles. Uh, Jordan Love and Christian Watson went wild, and I think there's a real chance for them a momentum to carry over for this season, and Christian Watson be, you know, with all due respect to Romeo Dobbs, I just think Christian Watson um, just just has the ability to, 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 to elevate and be a wide receiver too, um, and I think another year with with Jordan Love could prove that true. So I like Christian Watson a lot, uh, really on the potential uh, growing kind of together with with Jordan Love this upcoming season. Yeah, look, there's there's no question who the most explosive player is on that offense was, and it is definitely by far Christian Watson. Uh, they used him on a lot of jet sweeps and end arounds and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, his his pro career started in a really strange way where he dropped a wide-open touchdown bomb against, uh, I think it was against the Vikings, actually. Uh, I think it was the first play of this, if I'm not mistaken, was the first play that of the season for the Packers. Guy, He was wide open. He, he then got hurt. He hardly played in the first seven weeks. And then he went on an incredible run where I think he scored touchdowns uh, in four or five weeks in a row. Uh, he's an exciting player, was I don't, I don't disagree. And that uh, in that Eagle game, I, I agree with you. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think I think the Packers are probably being overlooked more than any other team in the NFL this year was coming into the season, given everything that's kind of happened. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I, I... I like the Packers a lot this year. Uh, I mean, in, in, in comparison to where people have them, I, I, I see them uh, doing much better. So that was it for me as far as uh, offensive players. Anyone else on your list that you wanted to uh, talk about? So I, I, I do want to talk about a trio of tight ends, um, and, and they run the gamut from a guy that's been in the operation uh, from the get-go, a guy that was brought in via trade last year, and a guy that was drafted as a rookie last year. And I'm talking about Higby. Hawkinson, and Oconquo. And I think there's a similarity with all the players in that when you look at the receiving cores of those teams, um, and if you look at what Higby did to start last season, where Allen Robinson never got off the right foot with Matthew Stafford, but in those first few games before Stafford went on an injury, Higby was on a major league run to start the season. And this is while Cooper Cup was still healthy. Uh, Higby had five straight big games out of the barn, 
not too long after that, Stafford gets hurt. Higby kind of disappears, picks up a little steam towards the end of the season. Uh, he's a veteran guy. Yes, they've drafted a couple of wide receivers, uh, but I think he's the second banana uh, to Cooper Cup in terms of receptions in this offense. Uh, so that's a guy I think has upside. Hawkinson came midseason um, to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Thielen is gone. I know they drafted uh, a wide receiver, uh, but he's you know you're dealing with a rookie wide receiver. Uh, KJ Osborne's a good player too. I understand that, but Hawkinson was on a really strong run to finish the season. And now he gets a full off season with Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think arguably Hawkinson, you know, could push for the number two tight end in fantasy this year um, after, after Kelsey um, and Oconqua where uh, Traylon Burks is really the only wide receiver that's got, I think any kind of potential on, on this team. And Oconqua became a more integral part of the offense as the season wore on. To me, all three of these tight ends have significant upside uh, potential this year, Wiz. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson, I think, is kind of entrenched, certainly, in that inside the top five at the position. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could be talked into, you know, agreeing that he could be even uh, higher than that. <clears throat> My trepidation with Higby is the status and health of Matthew Stafford making it through the season. Um, I just feel it could go sideways if he doesn't. Um, so that's my only trepidation with Higby. That's why when it comes to drafting him, I'm always, you know, a little bit careful. And uh, Aquaro is, is definitely a guy that you got to figure is going to is going to step up this year as well. Uh, I'm just concerned a little bit about the quarterback play. But uh, so when it comes to Higby, are you would you feel good about having him as your tight end one or you feel you'd rather have another guy and you just want Higby because of the upside. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the latter. Uh, I don't think he gets drafted as a tight end one is my point. Um, and, but I think he could potentially produce like one uh, on a more consistent basis. It will, be, it will be necessary for Matt Stafford to stay healthy. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think I like that, you know, having Higby as your second guy. And then having that upside, if Stafford does make it through the season, is, is a terrific upside to have. Um, but, again, uh, if you just draft him as your tight end one, you just have to worry about the quarterback play because there's just such a drop-off with who's going to come in after that. And you just see what has happened when Stafford's not on the field. So uh, I completely get that, and I think it's, uh, it's a pretty good strategy as far as the tight end position goes for the season. All right, fantastic. So that covers uh, the players with uh, upside after the offseason. On the other side of this, we'll do players that have been negatively impacted by things that have happened in the offseason. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're listening, and Wiz, talk to you in a bit about the negative guys. You got it.